The warm air, the sounds of baseball, it's got you thinking about hitting the road. And no matter where your adventures take you, Subaru of Gwinnett has a vehicle to get you there safely and in style. Like the 2024 Subaru Outback, sporting standard symmetrical all-wheel drive and up to 32 miles per gallon. Or the 2024 Subaru Forester, the SUV with a spacious and comfortable interior for everyone you want to bring along. Start your shopping online at SubaruofGwinnett.com, then come see us for a test drive on Satellite Boulevard in Duluth. They say marketing is a madman's game. So now we turn it over to the Marketing Madman with Trip Job and Darren Rand on Extra 106.3 FM. Happy Saturday. Welcome to the Marketing Mad Men. Trip Job here with Darren Rand, and uh, it's Labor Day weekend. Hallelujah. It's like uh, the summer is, is like, well, as soon as football season starts, that's it, baby. Yeah, well, it's about to kick off any minute now. So, you know, we may get, uh, we may have our listeners drop off right at 3.30, <laughs> I think. <laughs> so. Yeah, it'll be download week this week. Let's Let's see, unless we can get someone from UGA on the, I don't even think because we're all partying, you yeah. Know? So I know. That's well, okay. you know, today's the first topic uh, fits right in because um, there was a recent uh, kind of study um, showing you know sales and advertisement for the out of home advertising, and finally in the second quarter, out of home advertising had regained and reached the levels of spending from the second quarter in 2019, three years ago. Um, which we'll, we'll dive into, but when you think about these uh, college football games, and uh, you know that's just one example of out of home advertising and all the stuff that's going on downtown, and, and with Dragon Con too. So, our, our theme for today is, um, you know, the same way it is not rocket science. This is common sense. So, when Trip and I were looking at this, it's like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, that makes sense. So, you know, the the point is when you sent this over the wall, it's like. Well, of course, these numbers are going to go up. People are back out of their houses. I mean, there's so much pent up demand to get to get out of the house. And, you know, you know, I talk about, you know, you can't delete a billboard. <laughs> you can't push delete. No. And, and I think people are finally realizing it's going back to, you know, have sound uh, messaging, sound programs and then know where your customers are. And follow your customers. That was the thing I loved about this is there were there's the, the triple digits where the transits yeah. are and the I mean, but that makes sense. If I'm in if I'm in a Chicago area or New York area or some big metro area where I know you know, I know what the traffic patterns are, I know who's going to work, I know I mean I've got a pretty good darn idea about it. Boy, oh boy, would I not want to over-index those spots? Well, exactly. And, and, you know, a lot of people used to laugh at us that, uh, you know, we did some billboards at at, uh, Belgard. And, you know, one of the best-performing billboards ever was we had a dealer up uh, outside the north part of Boston, right? And so they did two billboards. We were quick to, you know, give them co-op dollars and additional dollars to do those billboards. The first one was as you were just kind of coming out of the, you know, the the first loop in Boston, and it was about three to four miles before the exit where the, you know, the uh, dealership was, and it was only coming out. It wasn't going in. It was coming back out to the suburbs, and then the second one, of course, was about a half mile, you know, before the exit, and, you know, every year you could just see this dealership just, you know, when the season hit, because you'd start putting it up in about March when there's still snow on the ground and run it through September and just tremendous volume. So we're going to talk a lot today about just some of the basics 
whether it's say, I mean that I know it's not exactly segmentation, but it still is. You guys pick the spot based on the audience and the geographic location, and you said this is where we're going to go, and based on that is how you made the decision. This crap is not rocket science, but people really screw it up every day. Yeah, and someone will go, well, these two are doing so well. Why don't we add four more on the other side of town? (laughs) No. (laughs) Uh, Own your market. Own where you see the eyeballs. Own where the customers are going to be and understand that's that's where you want to be. And it's Thank you for coming. And when you're coming in, here's where we're going to sell you. It's it's either that or go out and hire 20 people to, you know, to – be out of the road, you know, let's see, uh, well, how much would that cost us to put them on the road every day? No, no, yeah. no, no. It, it, so billboards, I tell you, the other thing about it is now with, with the digital and the ability to change out messages yeah. and having, I mean, you can buy facings. We've talked about this, folks, where you, you know, if it's a, a 6X, you like one every 10 seconds for a 60-second yeah. billboard. So now if you want, you could uh, think about what you did in the old days with the magazine. Um you have a you have a ad on let's call it maybe the inside front cover, and then you or have an ad, or then you have another one somewhere in the middle, and then yep. you have so now you have this three part message yep. on a board, and and you can tell a story because well and here's the, here's the opposite don't try to tell that whole story on one of them because that's the whole the, but now you have the everyone's well that's expensive, but guess what if it's in the right space like like Trip just talked about. That'll work. Right. Well, and, and to your point, and I've seen it, I've seen it done well. I've seen a few companies that on that, um, all right, the six, 10 second repeat that will buy three in a row and have 30 seconds all together. I haven't seen don't a good do one. It. I haven't seen don't, one. But don't oh. do that. No, no, no. no. Okay. Take okay. 10, let it go to someone exactly. else. Go another 10 for your next message. Go to someone else and your third 10. Trust me, you you ingrain the message so much more that way than trying to, uh, Amen. you know, that's to probably, build it out. At least we haven't seen that one because that's because I haven't seen it. Yeah. Like, wow. But I haven't seen anybody really do you know, again, like we're talking about where you go, okay, let's let's be up there and do that every other or two, whatever it may be, you know, and especially at some of these stoplights where they're, they're, it's really a, a perfect thing. I know it, the industry, we talk about this and my frustration with it, uh, I, we're going to talk about this in, in one of the segments today, is that, you know, when people are sitting here trying to figure out how to, they're, oh, we've got to cut back because it's a recession. Holy smokes. If you're, if you're, business model is sound this is the time to invest and it is just an investment and and you know that's you want to be ready you have to be prepared so you know this weekend i guess also is dragon con you know so we're talking about out of home and i think about you know one of the areas that you still see a a fair amount is are the wraps all right so whether it's bus wraps whether it's car wraps uh, i guess there's still a lot of the uh, the rooftop digital advertising. I mean, those are all, you know, out-of-home type uh, ads. Um, one of the things that, you know, you have to be prepared. You have to know where your audience is going to be, when to be there. But you also have to have something that connects and brings them back to you. Every now and then we'll see the wrap that doesn't have, you know, like a business wrap, maybe on a truck, doesn't have their website, doesn't have their phone number. You know, just has a message and a photo. It, it is... You know, you talk about mobiles. Mobiles are so good. I tell you what's interesting as I talked to a, a Uber driver just a couple of months ago, um, and it's not inexpensive at nope. all. I mean, you know, to to run those things. You know, and in a place like Atlanta where we don't have taxis and all that stuff like you do in New York and Chicago, 
um, where we tried to do one in in Florida. It, it's it you know you would really like to do it, but here's the challenge that that again just talking to this guy and then I was you know because he's been doing it for a year. If you want to control a city, it's really stinking expensive. Oh, absolutely. Um, and doing a one-off, so we're not in a saturated area here. So, you know, again, I, I'm looking at that to your point. I'm going, darn, those things would be great. But how do I make sure that this Uber driver is staying in the in the geographic, you know, area that I, I, I want him or her, right? Right. So it's the, the, the beauty of technology is we can do it. The frustration with media is they don't seem to be able to help us yet on that kind of stuff versus you just go buy a you do your own wraps and you just go for it. You know? Right. You know, and then the other one, um, which I've seen to your point, um, is trade shows. It's certain, you know, Vegas is one, uh, Orlando's another, where you've got a lot of the um, kind of the monorail systems that are yeah. moving people. Yeah. So then you can do both wraps. You know, the trains have gotten a lot better as well as floor decals and things like that, because then you're controlling your audience. But if you're thinking about that, you got to get in early. We did that with Sega years ago because they, yeah. they had a GameWorks there, and we did we did them on the on the monorail and on the floors yeah. and on the because you know you've got you've got a younger generation that's going to do that sort of stuff, and you know I can't do a direct correlation because this was ten twelve years ago when we didn't have that kind of information, but um, that would that would it totally made sense given the audience given the location, yeah I, I think out of home. You know, heck, I mean, you know, they didn't fly a blimp around for years and years and years, <laughs> you know, with golf tournaments and, and football because it didn't work. And you're right, the branding, you know, and that's that's the two sides of it. So, you know, back to uh, even your, um, your rotating, you know, the idea of you can have a brand section and then you can have a call to action, you know, message section. So, you know, how do you want to go about it? But think about the, uh, you know, the, the entire strategy around out of home and look, you can also, and you should, and that's one of the trends that you know we've seen, is tie it in to your traditional digital efforts. It, it, it is, um, if you don't integrate, and again, again, this is it's getting harder. Uh, I had a meeting with somebody the other day, and I said this world that we live in is getting more and more and more complex because we get more and more and more options to look at, and unless you do the the math that we're about to talk about in terms of segmentation mm-hmm. and penetration and business models and all those sorts of things, you can really get yourself wrapped around the axle and spend money and waste it very quickly. Um, the problem is people do it every day, and that's the part that makes it makes me crazy. I don't. Uh, why are people continually chasing, you know, the shiny object, the lightning in the bottle? Um, and again, we're going to talk about it a little bit. I think it's just because there are so many people who truly just don't understand marketing, right? Especially new marketing. So you know, one of the things we were just talking about: do you do it for brand? Do you do it for a, you know a immediate call to action? Um, so here in this same article, they list the top ten out of home advertisers. So um, I think it's interesting for the small business owners to think about this. So the top ten are in in the order: uh, McDonald's. So that's call to action, right? Right away. Apple, more brand. Geico brand, Universal Pictures, a little bit in between. Obviously, that that's you know, from you know uh, movies, et cetera. Anheuser Busch, uh, more brand, American Express, Amazon, HBO, 
Duncan, call to action, right? Location and then T-Mobile. So, um, you know, you've got opportunities in both cases. I would say about the third of them are a little more call to action and then more of them are brand focused. But um, uh, Well, these guys are buying, they're also buying space to exactly the way you described it earlier. So that if they have a new product launch, they already own the inventory. Because that's the that's the other thing is that the inventory is not always there, yeah. and so you know if you are somebody like an Apple and you've got the new iPhone, you're going to go from a brand spot and you're going to switch that digital out, you know, and go okay, hey, you know, I'm you know whichever whichever out out of home company, we're going to switch this out for the next three weeks and go to and go to the new iPhone. Absolutely, and we're going to dive into that when we come back here from the break um, and talk a little more about some other case studies. So you're listening to the Marketing Mad Men on Extra One Hundred Six Point Three. Now back to the Marketing Mad Men on Extra 106.3 FM. Welcome back to the Marketing Mad Men. Trip Job and Darren Rand here on this Labor Day weekend. Um, we were talking a little bit about uh, out-of-home advertising and, and brands and, you know, how do you follow your customers and know when to when to put the pedal down and when to ease up, which uh, ties, uh, pun intended, into the uh, <laughs> next um set of articles and that's about peloton oh boy yeah so uh they put the pedal down a year ago now they are uh trying to coast and uh i guess put the uh, brakes on so (laughs) um their latest quarterly earnings they um lost losses topped 1.2 billion dollars for the quarter Uh, just 1.2 yeah only 300 percent worse than a year ago oh wow um and let's see here so they've lost members Enrollment declined 2% uh, to $6.9 million, and revenue fell 28% to just under $680 million. Um, you know, so 30% down, I guess, to the previous quarter. So, um, obviously, that kind of led to some of the other things they started doing. And uh, that is they started pulling back on marketing. All right, so I'm not sure exactly which direction, but you'll you, you being Mr. Point Man Perfecto here, I'm going to start with one thing that again you know is my hot yeah. button. The boards and the and the owners of these companies that are driving these things, and I've you know my hot button on this. People are afraid to go to them and go, "This is not going to work." This. 20 or 30% or it's compounded. Not, or it's not sustainable. But my point yeah. is, the model that they, have sta- that, that they have put out there is, yeah, whether, I mean, we want thir- 20 or 30% compounded growth year over year for the next three years. Uh, well, where is the market penetration now? What's the growth rate now? What are all the, what are the very basic questions? And it, what's interesting to me, and I've, because I've said this to friends who deal with PEs and VCs, and I've got a buddy of mine I was sure. with over the weekend who's dealing with this right now uh, in, a, in a different in a in a retail category and the reality of, of it is this what he said is he's the CEO yeah. if I don't say yes they will find somebody who will <laughs> and, I, and and I've heard that comment so many times wait 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 so if you stand <laughs> up to the board or whoever the the, the key the key check writer is and say, you all are out of your mind. This is not going to work. What you're telling me is that you're gone, and they're going to bring someone in who says yes. Yes. The point is, I've heard that, that comment so many times. 
over and over. And you know hey, what? Evelyn? All you schmoes deserve to lose money. Not the not the people that were in charge, but all you schmoes that are investing money every day because you think you understand how to run a business. And one of your executives comes and says, this is not going to work. And you go, well, we have to because we have to make the street happy. You deserve to lose money. Yeah. You know, and, and what we I used to see and, and saw it very much at one place, which was acquisition driven. All right. Because you can guess what? If you have enough acquisitions, hopefully a couple of them are a little bit above the bar to make up for the ones that uh, you knew they had no way to get there. It, it, the, the, all We can talk about Peloton and all these other companies. The end of the day, to what you and I talked about on you know before we came in, the segmentation, yeah. the model, the penetration, the growth rate, all these basic fundamentals that that are used, and then you use those for your for your marketing. Right now, I'm working yeah. on the stuff for for the big healthcare client. Okay, we're getting ready to go into some other markets, other other products, and other solutions, and other things. And you know, and the CFO and I have known each other a long time, yeah. and the, his number two, and not. And he said, "You know, what are you thinking about for next year?" I said to him, "I said, Matt, I'm not going to answer that question. We we got a great relationship." And he said, "Well, why?" I said, "Because until there is a quantitative goal." that is put in place that we can reverse engineer against, there is no way to answer that question other than going, let me stick my thing, my thumb in my mouth, put it up in the air, see which way yeah. the wind is blowing, and then give you a number. Yeah, and don't don't just say, well, we'll spend 8% of sales or whatever, or what we think total sales are, because who says that all your sales need that? Especially if uh, you're trying to uh, to go into new markets. That um, you are going to need heavy penetration. So let's talk about let's use Peloton and 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 we'll keep going on because this yep. is just the point is folks is that again I, I made a comment last segment about you know new marketing marketing's not new. <laughs> um, the tactics, the digital components, the amount of information. Yeah, how all, consumers all, digest it, those change. That, that, that change. But stra- the strategic fundamentals of marketing have not changed. And if you don't have a firm that's working with you and understands that and understands your strategy, then um, you're part of the problem, too. So so let, let's go in right. and let's look at Peloton. Obviously, okay. huge company, yes. right? Uh, cool media, media darling. Um, but so some of the things that uh, they said is that um, – Let's see here. So the lowered marketing efforts um, to 158 million. All right, uh, for the quarter. All right, and part of that was because um, they have seen revenue was cut in half to 295 million in connected bikes from 655 million uh, in the prior year quarter a year ago. Obviously, where guess what? COVID. <laughs> I mean, it kind of reminds me, I think I've said this before, I had a auditor come in one time and, and was asking me, can you explain the 67% rise in revenue year over year? And I was like, are you kidding me? And he goes, no, I need to know. I go, guys, we made an acquisition in February. And the auditor was like, oh, yeah. I'm like, come on. It, it, you know, it's just ridiculous. It is absolutely ridiculous. Um, all right. So here's here's where it gets interesting. So uh, with Peloton, the um, the U.S. market for connected fis- fitness is down 51% year-to-date. But their market share is up an estimated 17% year-to-date. 
Okay. Explain that to me when they're uh, when they're also seeing their uh, revenues drop. Drop. Um, you know, I think that's someone who's looking at their own market share data, not exactly. uh, not really what is independent. Um, well, I mean, again, it, here's the other thing: is that you know having at home um, cycles. You know, again, they it looks like they're kind of crossing um, categories. <clears throat> I mean, okay, if you're looking at New bikes, all right, that's fine. Um, but then how they're all connected together in terms of this whole overall community conversation, it, it feels like they're connecting apples and cucumbers and stuff like that. I'm yeah. not sure. So, i, I got to think about that Yeah, one well, so we get into some of the deeper numbers, and you can see really where I think some of their, their research probably went wrong. So their, uh, their subscriptions were flat, $6.9 million. Right, their workouts. I wonder what that in terms of total. So, what's, the question becomes: What was the what was the attrition versus the new growth? Right. right. So, we'll get into mon- monthly workouts per subscription. It went from eighteen point eight to fourteen point eight, so down twenty percent in a year. People going back to the gym. Well, I would say two things: people going back to the gym, and also back to your attrition question. The people they're bringing on now may not be as um, engaged or as hardcore as the early adopters. Like the graphics of the, of, the, of the audience they're selling to. Exactly. So uh, let's see here. And then, um, you know, those were kind of the, the big things as far as, you know, the data. And I think, you know, what it looks at is it was such a hot story. They take the first, you know, quarter where they were – you know, they had the huge marketing expenses. They saw a tremendous um, subscription growth. Um, you've got markets where they were obviously hugely successful. New York, Boston, Philadelphia, you know, Chicago. These markets that were, were basically locked down for long periods of time. And they made their um, total uh, forecast based on the entire country looking like that for years to come, and it, it's it's you know when we when you do testing and you do um, we talk about this all the time, you've got to look at different markets and see how they're going to perform. I mean, if if you can't perform well in in Chicago and New York and these highly dense areas anyway, then oh boy. Uh, you just just the law of large numbers, and then you 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 get to these other areas, and they go well. We get the same to your point growth rate, and I wonder if they put a, a geofence around these numbers as well. I would hope they did, and go on and said okay, you know because you get to certain areas of New York or Manhattan, you can't, you can't even fit a bike in there. Right, exactly. So, and so you ha- you have to look at those type of things. And you know, even if you're not national, okay, if you're s- sitting here in Atlanta, you know, I caught up with our buddy Terry Smith uh, this week in Atlanta Steaks and Seafood, and you know, he even has to look at that because he doesn't need to be spending money. Um, no offense, the east side of town when he's in Marietta, right? And he might pick up a client or two here or there. But, you know, he can't assume that, you know, that's the type of growth he wants. He's got to look at what is Marietta, what is Sandy Springs, Dunwoody, Buckhead Own look like. Own an area, like you said earlier. Yeah. Here's the one I just noticed in this is that the, um, you know, in supply and demand, you can't fault them for doing it. When when COVID was happening and they were 2000 yeah. bucks a bike, 
and you couldn't even get your hands on one. I mean, that was insane. Fear of missing out. Okay. Why not? If I, you know, now it depends on what the brand was about and all that sort of stuff. I mean, you know, you don't want to you don't want to be a, a cruddy brand, but you know, look, everyone's raising prices right now in in food service and every place else. And you know, don't price gouge, but they were charging a pretty penny for these things. Hey, and now it's a thousand bucks. I got my bike. You remember last year before Christmas? It's not Peloton. It was Echelon. And um, you know what? It was a lot different in price and the monthly subscription. And, you know, I'm closing in on 200 workouts, and, you know, I I love it. And it's just like it gives me everything I want. Okay. And, um, you know, it's dependable. So, hey, you know, you, you overestimate, you know, how, you know, especially rocket ships, I think, overestimate, you know, their trajectory. So, yeah, uh, the um – the guy you just got me stuck. Wow, rocket ships and uh, rocket you ships. Oh, uh, so you know it depends on what the brand is. Okay, so Peloton, Lululemon, these sexy brands. Um, and I was what made me go off off track. And folks, I do that a lot. So thinking about Titleist Pro V One golf balls. Mm-hmm. Okay, why are they so expensive compared to? I mean. You and I both, those who play golf, that, you know, some of these balls are actually the same ball. Yeah. Okay? But they're more expensive. Why? Because of all the advertising and sponsorship and all that. It becomes a flagship brand for the rest of the portfolio. All right. So if, if, if Peloton, you know, wanted to be this great flagship brand for ancillary products and all the stuff they were trying to do, oh, okay. But what else are they selling, you know? I mean, yeah. versus what you're talking about with Echelon, probably great product. You're already getting all this stuff. So it becomes a real a real strategy question about how much do we want to invest, and again, we're marketers, in marketing that we have to pass on to our consumers to recoup because that's, that's an investment spend. I mean, it should be. And that, again, Advertising, well, let's rephrase. Marketing is strategic. Your your variable cost on advertising should be directly correlated to what you expect out of it from a revenue perspective. Right. Would you got you- fixed cost and variable cost in, in marketing and advertising variable cost. And if you're going to over-index the cr- living crud out of it because you want to grow market share, all right, are you, are you going to eventually, you know, penetrate to the level so much that there's nothing left well like uh, let's 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 use a case study you know okay. we're talking about and uh, as an example for small business owners out there so you know going back a number of years i i, I can't really say the brand but uh, i came into a business that had acquired um, some accessory type products in the uh, building material space and so when I came in, uh, they had uh, bought the company about a year and a half before and had a certain level of sales. They had basically made a, a goal of five times those sales um, once they got ownership of it over a period of time. And the reason is, well, we can expand out geography, which they had done. And, and at that point, we had grown it to, um, you know, almost doubles, but we needed about three times sales to get where all these presentations to see your management was. Well, the challenge was this was product was only produced in the upper Midwest. And there you gained 4% of all your 
sales. So as an accessory, you could get 4% of everything you sold there. Uh, in the Mid-Atlantic, in the upper um, New England area, um, they were gaining about 2% of sales. All right, so those were the most effective. And the reason was, A, you had cost and transportation, but you also had different colors, right? Because this is using, you know, aggregates and things like that. So there were just some things that didn't play. Some of the colors that from the upper Midwest would not play in New England or down in Texas, et cetera. So that's why, you know, part of the reason it was only 2%. So I kept getting hit to your point earlier about why can't you get this up triple where it is? And so I did a little exercise that they had never done before. And I said, assume we're not going to put manufacturing in three other parts of the country, right? But we can get every part of the country up to 2%, which is the highest we can get outside of the upper Midwest. It's a $12 million business, right? So that was not not quite double where they were, but it was still quite shy um, of where they wanted to be. And I said, if you know, if you put manufacturing everywhere, then you might gain a few more million dollars. You can get it to four percent everywhere. Da 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 da. Um, but it was still shy of oh. their goal, which is about twenty million dollars. And you know, it was a case of they looked at it and just assumed that they could get the same rate everywhere in the country, not understanding the challenges. Um, and it didn't matter how much you advertised. There were just certain things with different colors, different, you know, three-day shipment, you know, challenges of uh, heavy products, you name it, cost, that you weren't going to compete in Charlotte, North Carolina, the way you could compete in, uh, you know, Chicago and Minneapolis. My chin, I mean, Tripp's holding the story. It it goes back to the same. So what I wrote, measuring marketing performance – Okay. Advertising performance is different than measuring marketing advertising performance against the business model. Because yep. the, if the business model is broken, which is exactly what you told them, the business model is broken. Then there's you. You could get as you could get lift in traffic. You can get you can over index in terms of how people click, but you know to your to the point of the product that you're selling. But if the model itself, for all the reasons you're talking about, don't work. It doesn't matter how well your advertising is performing. You can buy the right place, the right buy buy all these right things, do all and and over index like a like a banshee. But the the model itself is broken, yeah. and it happens every time. Oh my gosh! I love the I hate the story, but I love the story. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's the case of I'm sorry, there's just not truly enough consumer demand and understanding your consumer demand. And I think that's look. I'm going to put a plug in for us at Rand. You know, I think a lot of people look at marketing as only the advertising industry and true marketing and and strategy-based companies and brand-based companies will help you if you don't know how to understand what your true market potential is and then how to go after them and then get into what most people think about the messaging and the tactics to execute. It, it is, you know, again, what you, you said about the, this company – they were an acquisition company. Yeah. And again, I don't know if I've ta- if I've said this because I've said it outside. All the- when did it become okay to bat one ninety? <laughs> when? I mean, w- what happened to Jack Welch's rule? Where if you're in the bottom twenty percent, you're gone. Yeah. 
And and anybody in 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 PE and VC who wants to have this conversation with us, bring it on. Please bring it on because you may know a bunch about capital and finance and and cap tables and all that sort of stuff. But when it comes to the nitty gritty of how and what that model is, and you got a 28 year old MBA who's probably <laughs> wicked smart with a propeller on his, his or her head doing the model for you with no understanding of the. Never been out, you know, and, and seen it and lived you it. You deserve everything yeah. you get. You think this is my hot button? Yeah, because yeah, I'm hearing about it more. Because it, it, it's all starting to happen right now. It's starting to unravel. Money was cheap. I've gone through this. I've gone through this for 30 years yeah. with many, 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 many companies. Many companies. We built a software. I built a software thing to refute all this BS and and prove out that it. I mean, when you're sitting yeah. with a when you're sitting with a client who tells you that they've been told to invest 700 million dollars. Excuse me. No, excuse me. No, 700 thousand dollars. It wasn't 700 million. Seven hundred thousand dollars in in a insurance company, but no, it was no, but it was seven hundred thousand. So seven hundred thousand dollars in a quarter, okay, on a test that they knew was not going to work, okay, in two markets, Dallas and Atlanta. They knew it wasn't going to work, but they had to do it anyway. Uh, I got a lot of things we could do with seven hundred thousand dollars. I might even take a trip and still come back and give you another six hundred and fifty. You know, but. It's just nuts. Well, and, and look, you remember we had one uh, about a year ago with a company, an um, e-commerce company that uh, sold through professionals, and they wanted to uh, they wanted to put ninety plus percent of the budget dollars they had to execution of test in a couple of markets, and ten percent max on the research to understand who they were going after. And our we we told them you needed to be sixty forty, um, even forty percent on the uh, the research and the strategy, and then you can actually make sure you're getting something. And they didn't want to do it. They were like, "Nope, let's let's just start spending money." And, and you cannot get happened? back two things: you can't get back time, and you can't get back money. Yeah, but you know what? Eventually, the good companies. But you know what we know is the good companies win. Right. Good. There, there aren't many truly superior companies that get out there, and 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 you know, again, part of it is, uh, uh, you know, I've got a good buddy of mine who's at J.P. Morgan and you know, private wealth guy, and 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 um, you know, he's he, we talk about it even with with his world, you know, people think they can make ten fifteen percent compounded year over year, and he, and 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 if they don't make the money. They get frustrated. Yeah. It's like, folks, this is not the way markets are supposed to work. It's it's funny money. And and so when somebody comes to you and, and, and gives you a real no BS answer and you don't want to hear it, and then you come knock on their door about, you know, a year later, go, uh, I need help. Yeah. Well, and yeah, and that's the key is grounded in data and data and not just assumptions. Right. And that's, you know, one of the keys. I think when uh, we come back, uh, maybe we'll we'll dive into some of these uh, companies and the ones who maybe have done it well 
and the ones who have uh, continued to be, uh, let's just call them the flim flam, so to speak, <laughs> and, and go from there. But because um, uh, I think there is, and I'm not saying Peloton's flim flam. I think Peloton, you know, got listening to its own own board and everything else, which we've talked about. But uh, we'll be right back. You are listening to the Marketing Mad Men on Extra 106.3. Now back to the Marketing Mad Men on Extra 106.3 FM. Welcome back to the Marketing Mad Men. Trip Job and Darren Rand of Rand Inc. here. And um, we'll, we'll wrap up one little thing. Then we're going to get into a, uh, it's, it's Labor Day, it's uh, college football season, it's the perfect time of year to play golf. Uh, we'll get into the, to a few topics because the Tour Championship was here as well. But, um, you know, we... We did talk about some of the brands that just rest off their laurels or hear their own, you know, and versus the ones that make the hard decisions. And back when we talked about the top 10 in the out-of-home uh, advertising, one of the ones that, and look, I was a little critical at first, but it didn't take long for me to realize they were onto something was Duncan. And when Duncan did all the brand chain go from Dunkin' Donuts to Duncan and, and everything else, once you really looked and saw how much research they put in, how they executed it, and then, of course, the, what they sold for about a year and a half ago. Um, you know what? It just proof that truly getting to the core of your strategy, the core of the data, you you can do it right and, and, and be against the grain, not go with the yes men and just give that answer you were talking about before. Yeah, well, you know I'm a zig when everyone else is zagging anyway. So, <clears throat> and I don't do it to be a rebel. Yeah. I just feel like there's a herd effect. Yeah. In so much of business. And, you know, again, I, there, there there are just there's such a dearth of logic and and good, solid business sense in the world of marketing. And it, it, it marketing is a business. It yeah. should be treated like a business. It it If you're going to treat it like a like a, a cost center, then again, back to, you deserve it. It, it, it should be an asset. It should be a strategic asset. And, and you know. Understand so, your return. Understand what you want to get out of it. Absolutely. Right. You know, that's the shift we've been trying to make for years and years and years. Some people want to do it and they're successful. Yeah. And then other people just view it as, hey, it's PR. Let's, let's spin the story we want to spin, which ties into Darren's topic of the week, coming off the tour championship and the, the PR battle. Um, and the business battle, because it is a business battle between the PGA and the marketing tour, battle uh, and live and the live golf tour. And, uh, you know, some more defections this week. And I will give the two guys that I saw this week that talked about it, Cam Smith and uh, Varner, that just flat out said, yeah, it's money. I'm not going to escape that. And it's my schedule, my time and quality of life. So we're we're long term golfers. Um, you're a purist. I know I'm a purist. We love the game of golf. Yeah, you you didn't know two weeks ago I uh, had my all time. I broke par, shot seventy. Holy uh, par seventy two. How much par money seven. did you take, and from whom? Uh, I took. I did well. We were playing five 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 with two people, so I took all thirty bucks uh, that day. So my golf was free, and I uh, have a signed scorecard uh, in my Damn, office. Damn, Mazel Tov! Holy yeah. crud! That's not how so, I've been playing, but I, yeah. I've been dinkering around with my swing like a dummy. Um. But, man, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, he puts like a demon. All right. So when you listen, so what I said the trip, did you watch the tour championship? Did you watch it on Sunday? 
and I was with my buddies. You know, we we didn't play. We were we were watching it, and of course, uh, Tariko um, Zinger, who I love. I mean, love him. Um, and Hicks is is a quality guy. I mean, all these guys are are really good. Justin Leonard annoys me, <laughs> but um, you know, you can tell he cares about the game. But all these guys had been so programmed to not even say the word live and to do the talking points, which about how much money, how much money, how much money, how much money. It's like it was disgusting. It was a giant anti-live commercial and a giant PGA. Oh, we deserve to be taken care of because we've been around for all these years. And guess what? 20, 30 years ago. Nicholas and Palmer and all those guys never talked about money. They didn't talk about this stuff. And all of a sudden now, and so it it is capitalism, folks. Look at the, we're on 106.3. We, this is capitalism at its absolute. So stop being a gosh dang hypocrite. And there's innovation. And look, I'm not, there's not everything I like about it, but when you have competition, you do get innovation. And some of the things that are going on, I give Liv a lot of credit for. I've heard about things where not only are they uh, providing transportation um, for the players and the caddies, they're putting the caddies up in hotels, right? If you remember four or five years ago, I mean, the PGA had a major lawsuit battle with the caddies because they didn't want to pay any health care benefits and were adamant that the players and the caddies were independent contractors. Right. You right? can't have it now, both ways. Exactly. exactly. You cannot have it both ways. And the amount of money, and so I will say the amount of money that they are earning uh, PGA Tour, and granted, tremendous charity. I, I think that's fantastic. Um, but the fact that they have held back on, we're talking you know, $1,000 a week per caddy, times however many caddies. They I mean, print it's, money. I mean, if they couldn't print money, then how do they do the $50 million thing last year with the uh, with the digital media? And they increased it to 100 And it's so unfair because if you don't, again, now we're talking about marketing. If you don't have a big following, you, you can't build from zero to, you know, you, com, you can't compete. Right. And so, you know, look, um, is there some questions about where the money comes from? There's an, absolutely no question no out there. Question. But... Look, we've got issues with China. PGA Tour has got partnerships in China. I mean, every I, I, Charles Barkley said it at the best. There's yeah. not a business out there, probably. I mean, there may be a few. But if you're a Fortune 1000 business that you don't have um, tentacles somewhere that you're doing business and you just hope people don't and bring it up. And you hold your nose. Yeah. yeah exactly. You know, and look, what was the, what's the big tour that every year was in, in, uh, in Saudi Arabia? I mean, the big Saudi Arabia. Yeah. It's the a European event, tour. Yeah, it's a European big tour. big monster event every year that's been going on for, what, 15, 20 years? A monster yeah. event. So stop being a damn hicker. I haven't watched Live. haven't watched a single piece I don't piece know that of, you can. Yeah, I you can't. Either. You know, so I'm not <laughs> sitting here saying whether I'm for or against. You know, I, I think it would be kind of entertaining. Watching Charles Barkley and David Faraday on the, on the television, I think, would be, I mean, I yeah. miss Gary McCord. Yeah. You know? Um, you know, and so... Guess what? You know, again, I'm a purist. I love the game of golf because it's such a, it's such a, I say gentleman's game. It's a, it's a, you're, if you are a, I don't mean that as a gentleman versus female, you know, people who play golf, men and women who play golf, typically are, are, they, you, know, you, it's an honor game, right? You have, you learn how to play golf, you know, and I love a story, a friend of mine, you know, his wife was a, you know, NCAA champion. Yeah. 
And, and she, the way that we talk about it, same thing. You know, it, it doesn't matter. So the game of golf itself, the sport, is such a, a such a honor-driven game. And and so, you know, to sit there and be a, a dang hypocrite on uh, – and and then again, what got me fired up when I asked Trip, can we talk about this in the last segment – the, it was a it was a marketing PR stunt. Yeah, <laughs> on on Sunday instead of watching instead of watching the tournament, I didn't. Yeah. I wanted I wanted to turn the sound yeah. off because I I was tired of listening to the freaking talking points over and over and over and it was disgusting. Yeah, I mean, yeah they talk about sports washing, well then there's whitewashing, and that's what they were trying to do it's with a the great you know, way to put it. You know, and um, but unfortunately that happened. I'm happy Rory um, won because I love. But you know, yeah. and then it's even you know here, here's a guy I, you know people say who would you want to play golf with? He'd be he'd probably because he seems like such a natural. Yeah, he's real. He loves the game. But gosh, dang! All of a sudden, and, and again, he he's doing it for the same. It's money. It is it is money, folks. Yeah. Yes, and, it is. It is money. And that's what it's that's a great what drives game. Things. And is it, it? You know, it's green all over. Yeah. Oh, well, sorry. hey, um, no. I hope uh, everyone has a fantastic uh, Labor Day weekend. Uh, hopefully, uh, some of these topics will resonate. And uh, as always, you got questions about your marketing, reach out to us at randinc.cc. And you have been listening to Darren Rand and Trip Show. We are the Marketing Mad Men on Extra One Hundred Six Point Three. Yeah, I can talk about. It. The warm air, the sounds of baseball, it's got you thinking about hitting the road. And no matter where your adventures take you, Subaru of Gwinnett has a vehicle to get you there safely and in style. Like the 2024 Subaru Outback, sporting standard symmetrical all-wheel drive and up to 32 miles per gallon. Or the 2024 Subaru Forester, the SUV with a spacious and comfortable interior for everyone you want to bring along. Start your shopping online at SubaruofGwinnett.com, then come see us for a test drive on Satellite Boulevard in Duluth. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. This morning in North Carolina, wheels are spinning. Determination is winning. A passion is now a thriving business, and it shows no signs of slowing down. How? The power of a conversation like the one Clint Spiegel had with First Horizon Bank about starting a bike wheel manufacturing facility in Asheville. Now it's not just talk, it's rubber meets road. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Clint. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC.